In a world where crazy clowns roam the streets, in a world where men commit crimes by leaving riddles and puzzles everywhere, and faithful lawyers turn to a life of crime where everything is decided with the flip of a coin, and for some reason, crime can be bird-themed. Only one man can save us. You may know him as Bruce Wayne. You may know him as the Dark Knight, but I know him as Knight. I know him as Vengeance. Ladies and gentlemen, today, we are talking about the one, the only, Batman. That's right. So today on our episode of Talking with Ty, we are going to be talking about the Caped Crusader Batman. More specifically, Batman in cinema. There have been Batman films released in the cinemas dating back to 1966, and they're still being released today, and some coming up in the future. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to take my favourite Batman films and put them in my favourite order. Now, as always... These are my own personal opinions, and I'm sorry if you disagree with me, but tough toenails, this is just what I think. Now, the rules for this podcast today are quite simple. Batman must have a leading role in this movie, and the films must have had a worldwide major release in cinemas. You'll figure out why I'm saying that a little bit later. So before we get started, just let you know we're breaking the mould a little bit and we're not doing a top 10 today, it's a top 12. And just one final added note before I start my list. Just because today's theme is Batman doesn't mean Batman is the only thing I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be talking about other characters, the villains, the story. It could be random background characters that I watched and fell in love with, so yeah. This may be a podcast all about Batman, but it is just about the movies he's starred in. The movies, not the character Batman himself. Number 12. Okay, coming in at number 12. It kills me to put it here, but unfortunately, in last place today is 1966's Batman the Movie, starring Adam West as the titular Batman, Now, this is a great movie, like, don't get me wrong, all these movies are great, but I had to put Adam West last because it's just a bit too camp for me, like, and that's saying something. When I think of Batman, I think dark and broody, not running around in spandex making jokes about bombs. It just doesn't hold up to the Batmans of today. Like, back in the day, it was probably the greatest thing ever, like, the TV show I absolutely love, but as a movie, for me, it just doesn't work. And I know that is going to annoy a lot of people because Adam West is one of the most, most, most beloved Batmans of all time. And don't get me wrong, I love Adam West's Batman. And his voice is just so iconic. I mean, it brought Batman to a whole new line of people. Like, it brought him into the mainstream media. And it's just iconic. Like, the theme song. Everyone knows the Batman theme song. And one of the greatest jokes ever is in there, like... The bat shark repellent. That still gets joked about today and like referenced. 
but unfortunately, it's just not my cup of tea. Number 11. Next on the list, coming in at number 11, is Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Getting released in 2016, I was hyped for this movie. Like, finally, we're going to see Batman fight Superman. Something that's been spoken about in the comics for years. And it just let me down. Like, on paper, this should have been a perfect movie. Like, Henry Cavill is a great Superman. Ben Affleck was actually surprisingly amazing as Bruce Wayne and Batman. He had Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman in there as well. Like, them three together... It's the holy trinity of DC. Should have been perfect. Jeremy Irons as Alfred. Glorious. J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon was fantastic. But for some reason, it didn't work. The main bit of casting that let this movie down for me personally, the only person in this film that should have had a different person playing him, was Lex Luthor. Like, I like Jesse Eisenberg. Don't get me wrong. He's a great actor. But, not as Lex Luthor. He wasn't menacing enough. And he seemed to be playing Jim Carrey's Riddler more than he was playing Lex Luthor. And Lex Luthor's plan in the film all relied on luck and it wasn't really a feasible plan. And let's be honest, the main thing that people hated about this movie, myself included, I remember watching the film and going, wait, what? was the reason they stopped fighting. So the whole film, you were building up to Batman v Superman. It took like nearly two hours to get to Batman v Superman. They fought for about 15 minutes and then they stopped fighting because they realised their mums had the same name. Like, the dumbest resolution of a fight I've ever seen in my life. And it just sort of ruined it for me. Like, this film had the potential to be the greatest thing ever. I think another thing that let this film down was the fact it was released around the same time as Captain America's Civil War. You know, the film about Iron Man fighting Captain America. So, like, two superheroes fighting each other. And that film was perfect. Like, that film was amazing. So, everyone expected Batman v Superman to be just as good when in fact it wasn't. And the reason it wasn't is because they've spent years building up to Civil War in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, there was good, like, 15 movies before that, whereas the DCU had about three movies. And let's be honest, they weren't very good. They tried rushing into this thing that should have been, like, the be-all and end-all of superhero movies. Like, two of the biggest characters in comic book history facing off against each other and it just sucked number 10 coming in at number 10 we like we have a film that i'm not gonna lie i haven't watched loads but i've watched the prequel more so taking the number 10 spot is batman mask of the phantasm which is a movie based off the batman animated series which is by far the best rendition of Batman there's ever been. But I'm not going to lie, I haven't really seen this movie enough to give it my honest and true like judgement. I just know it's got Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, it's off the animated series, so like the art style is the classic Batman that I grew up with. 
I really do wish I had more to say about this movie, but I don't, and that's why I've placed it so low in my list. All I can remember is watching it, enjoying it, and thinking, wow, this is good. Number 9. Coming in at number 9, we have 1992's Batman Returns. Now, the reason I've put this at number 9 is because of all of the live-action Batman movies, if you put them in front of me, this would be the one I watched the least. And that is no fault of its own. Like, the cast is amazing. Like, Michael Keaton was, for me, the definitive Batman of the 90s. Like, live-action. Danny DeVito is the Penguin. Michelle Pfeiffer will always be my one and only Catwoman. And let's be honest, Christopher Walken, you put him in a movie and you know it's going to be good. But there was something about this film. It just was a... I remember watching it when I was younger and thinking, this is really dark and intimidating. And it used to creep me out a little bit. And I think that's followed me through into my adult life. And I think that's why I'm just not the biggest fan of this movie. So I just remember thinking... I weren't keen on it when I was little, so I won't be keen on it now. I think the reason I wasn't keen on it is because, like, the penguin walked around eating live fish, and that was just disgusting. Catwoman put a bird in her mouth, and, like, Danny DeVito's prosthetics were just horrifying. Like, the three fingers, then, like, all that, the blue blood pouring out of his mouth. As a kid, that, that shit scarred me. Not gonna lie. But enough of creepy Batmans. Let's get on to... A joy-filled Batman that I wasn't expecting to love. Number 8. Okay, coming in at number 8 is a Batman movie that I was expecting to dislike. And that is the Lego Batman movie. Like, don't get me wrong, I loved the Lego movie. And Batman was one of my favourite characters in that. But I wasn't expecting them to be able to do a fully-fledged movie just about Lego Batman and I was wrong the Lego Batman movie is probably one of the funniest animated films I've ever seen in my life the amount of cameos that are in that film just from people voice acting is unreal the amount of inside jokes that if you're a Batman fan you'll understand and if you're not a Batman fan then you'll just find them funny because they are actually genuinely funny jokes and for some reason, they made Batman sing metal. Like, they gave Batman rock music. And I was like, this is going to suck. But it didn't. So, like, I've played every LEGO Batman game that's ever come out. Because I love video games. And I was expecting the movie to be very similar to that. To be like, oh, here's Batman and here's the rest of the Justice League. But it wasn't like that. It was just a batman story about batman coming to terms with working with the team so like behind it there was actually a really good like meaning to the film which i wasn't expecting i was expecting it to be a flat out comedy like when you look at the cast you had will arnett comedian zach galifianakis comedian michael Cera, comedian like i was expecting this just to be like cheesy jokes and like one-liners along the same sense of the adam west one but it wasn't. It was like a really good story. Probably one of my favourite Batman stories, to be fair. Like, obviously, it wouldn't work in live action. But for what they did, it was absolutely amazing. I was so shocked. And I really hope they actually do bring out a second one. Because this was like 
this hit it out of the park in an unexpected way. Like, when I hear animated Batman, for Batman, I think Kevin Conroy, and for the Joker, I think Mark Hamill. But we had, like, Will Arnett as Batman, and yeah, like, Will Arnett is a very accomplished voice actor, but I just wasn't expecting him to be good as Batman. And then, as the Joker, we had Zach Galifianakis. Now, before watching this movie, if you had said to me, Alan from The Hangover is going to be the Joker and you're going to absolutely love it and find the Joker the best character in the whole movie, I would have laughed at you and told you to shut up. But after watching it, I was like, yeah, you know what? Go on, Alan from The Hangover. You can be the Joker in a, another Lego movie anytime and I won't be sad about it. In fact, I'll be excited. Number seven. So coming in at number seven, we have the Joss Whedon cut of the Justice League. Now, a lot of people disliked this movie. They said it was broken, it could have been better, and the story wasn't great. Now, I agree there, like, it wasn't the perfect movie, but I still enjoyed it. Like, I agree, they shoehorned the rest of the Justice League in, taking out Wonder Woman because she had her own movie as well. But, like, Cyborg and The Flash, they were pretty much introduced and then thrown into the mix, and... Yeah, I wish they'd had solo movies beforehand to get to know them, but they didn't need it because Cyborg was part of the story. Like, the mother boxes was how it was made, so that's how they shoehorned him into it. And I think if there'd been a whole movie about how he'd become Cyborg, then a lot of this film's runtime would have had to have been changed. And, like, they would have had to have thought of more plot lines, which then could have made the story a bit, like, diluted and random so like cyborg's inclusion first into this movie was a great addition the flash yeah like the flash was a really random introduction they could have done that somewhere else but you know what beggars can't be choosers and what made this film good for me was aquaman now for years aquaman has been notoriously used as the butt of a joke saying like oh all he does is talk to fish and he wears green and yellow spandex. And me included, I've made jokes about Aquaman saying how rubbish he was and like, yep, he talks to fish, that is it. Then they cast Jason Momoa as Aquaman and he knocked out the park like, it was great. Like, Ben Affleck in this film is the perfect Batman for me. Like, I don't think I could think of anyone else that could have played Batman better than he did. And if I think that the Justice League at the minute is a good film. Then next year when they release the Snyder Cut, which apparently is going to be more true to the comics and make more sense than this film did, Justice League could possibly like jump its way up to number one on this list. Like, I'm excited for the Snyder Cut. We were told it was never going to happen. But due to the determination and the constant pestering of people on the internet... They're finally doing it. For once, internet trolls have won. And I couldn't be more excited to get another version of the Justice League. Like, for example, Batman v Superman was mildly pretty crap. But then the extended cut actually made it a little bit better. Like, there was more story added into it. Things were explained that you didn't quite get the first time around. So, if they can do that with the Justice League, then it's going to be beautiful. Number six. Here we go. Number six. 
I know I've already put this on one of my podcasts before, but I don't care. I still love it. It's Batman and Robin. Now, everything about this movie I should not love. The campiness, the cheesiness, the puns, the actors, the story. But I can't help it. I love this movie. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Like, George Clooney is easily the worst actor to have played Batman that we've had so far. I'm saying so far because... We still got to wait for Robert Pattinson. That could be a train wreck, but we'll get to that when that film happens. But yeah, George Clooney, not the best. Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, not the best. Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. Okay, that was actually pretty good. Like she played that quite well, even though she did ham it up a bit. I ain't complaining. Chris O'Donnell played Robin. I have no comment on that because I just can't. And let's not even talk about Bane in this movie. I mean, Bane was supposed to be intelligent. And like, in this, he was literally dumber than a pile of rocks. Like, there are some good things about this movie. They may be the things that make this movie bad, but they're still good. Like, the puns, for instance. I keep going back to the puns. That's the thing I remember this movie for the most. Like, what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Well, technically wrong. But the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger said it is funny. And the bike race scene with Robin, like, that was a cool scene. Like, a bit over the top, but still a cool scene. I mean, there are more bad moments in this film than there are good. But, you know what? Not every movie can be perfect. I don't judge all you people for your choice of movies, so don't judge me for mine. An example of a really bad moment, this might just be a filming thing, it's when... Barbara Gordon turns up, like, Barbara Gordon, you know, in the comics, Commissioner Gordon's daughter, nah, she's Alfred's granddaughter and niece, or niece, that's the one, niece, not even his granddaughter, she turns up, they stand outside and talk, and then there's about 30 seconds, where no one's talking, they're all just looking at each other and like, giving awkward smiles and nods, and I don't know why they didn't bother cutting it out, but it's just a very weird moment in the film. Another strange thing about this film, of all the gadgets Batman and Robin have, in the first scene when they fight Mr. Freeze, I don't get how this works, but they have ice skating blades built into their boots, and they come directly out of the bottom. So that means that they've got ice blades in their feet. And, And another thing about it, actually, is at the very start when they're driving to confront Mr. Freeze... Commissioner Gordon's like, oh, we've got this new villain. He uses ice. His name's Mr. Freeze. So, therefore, they've never had to face Mr. Freeze before, yeah? Then why do they have all this ice equipment ready? It just confuses me. But I think the main reason this is so high on my list mainly is because of the nostalgia factor for it. Like, I remember watching this with my little brother and we'd just quote the movie and just take the mick out of it. It's not a good film, but it is at the same time. I can't explain the balance. Number five. Coming in at number five, we have one of the more recent movies, and that is The Dark Knight Rises, released in 2012. It was the final instalment of Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. Now, there are some things that I didn't like about this movie, like Bane's accent. Didn't understand it. 
in the context of the movie, it worked. The thing I liked the least about this movie was Blake. Like, you know, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The entire movie, they've just been calling him John Blake. The entire film. Then, at the end of the film, they're like, oh yeah, why don't you use a real name? Robin. Like, what? Has this guy supposed to have been the Robin to Christian Bale's Batman this entire time? And if so, why would they only mention that in the last, like, ten minutes of the film and never mention it again? Oh, wait. They then send him to the Batcave by himself. Like, what's that going to do for us? Are you you doing a sequel where he becomes Nightwing or something? Is he going to become Robin without Batman? Because, spoiler alert, Batman's no more. It just confuses me. But enough of what I didn't like about this movie. What I did like was it was the perfect ending to Christopher Nolan's trilogy. Like, these Batmans were, like, stylized and more realistic. This was the least realistic out of them all, but we won't get to that. Like, the inclusion of Catwoman was such a welcome addition. Like, Anne Hathaway was... I I liked her as Catwoman. I know a lot of people didn't. And I know a lot of people don't like Anne Hathaway as an actress. But I thought she was amazing. She had both that air of mystery and, like, she, you could tell she was an anti-hero while trying to facade as a villain. And then they brought the entire story full circle with, like, the Talia Al Ghul twist at the end there. Like, I enjoyed that. And the fact that they used Bane as, like, the main villain of the film just to then realise he actually wasn't. He was a secondary villain which then came as a revenge story for the first film. Like, it was great. And then, obviously, we've got that very ambiguous ending of did Batman stay in the plane to blow up? Was Alfred imagining him at this cafe in Italy? Or is it real? We'll never know. Like, I've gone on before and said, like, in some of these other Batman movies in this podcast, like, I said, Penguin, played by Danny DeVito, is perfect. I said Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman is perfect. I said that Ben Affleck was my perfect Batman. Well, in this one, in this franchise, we get my perfect casting for Commissioner Gordon. Like, Gary Oldman is just fantastic. Like, he was perfect as Gordon. And I like J.K. Simmons, who took over for, like, the Batman v Superman and Justice League. But... For me, Gary Oldman is Commissioner Gordon now. And nothing's going to change my mind on that. Number four. Okay, from the end of the trilogy to the start, taking number four, we have Batman Begins. It was the first of the Nolan trilogy and the first film to introduce us to Christian Bale as Batman. And for me, this is one of my favourites, mainly because of the villains, like... Ra's al Ghul, played by Liam Neeson. Like, what can Liam Neeson do wrong? Absolutely nothing. And then the Scarecrow. Like, I remember watching the animated series of Batman and Scarecrow being not that intimidating and mildly comedic. But then, this film, they make Scarecrow creepy as shit. To the point of, I've made a Scarecrow mask before for Halloween because I love Cillian Murphy's rendition of Scarecrow like it's fantastic and what I liked about this film was like every other Batman movie has started off with Batman being established like this one started off with Batman 
as a teenager and it showed you his training it showed you like choosing the bat as a symbol and it showed like the first instance of everyone knowing who batman was so i felt like i was there from the start of the story and it was just amazing another reason that i love this movie is because well this is like a bit of a biased reason but if you've seen this film i mean if you listen to this podcast still already you must have seen the batman movies the scene in the contain the shipping yard with all the containers yeah i saw that getting filmed that was filmed like 20 minutes down the road from my house when i used to live in essex in tilbury tilbury docks it was filmed at i remember standing there i remember watching it i didn't really see anything but i remember like i remember seeing christian bale like walk past and gary oldman i remember seeing the people there obviously was loud nowhere near them but i just remember it being i was like wow like batman's being filmed in my hometown this is cool and at the time what was i like 14 that was the dog's bollocks like 14 year old me was dying inside oh my god oh my god batman is right there and it was cool so that's why this is like so high on my list just because of the villains in it and the fact it was filmed down the road from me like how many people can say that i mean there's a lot of batman films so probably a lot of people because these films get filmed everywhere so if you live in close vicinity to them then you can say that i guess number three okay coming in at number three was the first ever batman movie i remember watching and that was 1989's batman starring michael keaton as batman and jack nicholson as the joker now jack nicholson and michael keaton great combo these are the first pairing of the batman and the joker that i remember and they'll always hold a special place in my heart like jack nicholson as the joker he wasn't crazy like mark hamill's is or jared leto's let's not talk about that he was more of like a smarmy gangster and that's what i liked about it michael keaton's batman like obviously like i'd never watched batman before so i didn't have any expectations and growing up like until of recent years michael keaton was the perfect live action batman for me i mean that's changed now obviously but let's not go there like michael keaton is now of that age where if they made a batman beyond movies like where bruce wayne's an old man michael keaton would be the perfect age to play that and i'm still praying that one day that happens like every time a new batman film gets announced i'm like come on please let michael keaton be old man bruce wayne still hasn't happened still crossing my fingers one day it might just happen i mean if we can get the snyder cut released we can get michael keaton as old man bruce let's do this internet anyway back to batman 89 what i love about this film is the soundtrack as well i'll always remember the soundtrack because one of my favorite artists in the world is prince and the fact that prince wrote an entire album just for the batman movie is just phenomenal like party man is one of the first songs i ever remember and i can still remember that scene vividly it's where joker breaks into the art museum party man starts playing and he just goes around trashing this art museum while joker gassing everyone and it's just perfect for this tone of movie like obviously as with every movie this isn't perfect and there are some moments in this film that i'm like that's a bit weird like bruce wayne's do you want to get nuts let's get nuts 
It's a very strange moment of the film. And the fact that they had Batman, like, sleep hanging upside down like he was a bat. I'll never understand that either. I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to sit back, watch it, and laugh at it, really. And on a side note, the Batmobile for this movie is my favourite Batmobile of all time. Just saying. Like, there have been some good ones, like the Tumblr in the Dark Knight series. There's George Clooney's one, Val Kilmer's, Ben Affleck's. This is my favourite Batmobile. Like, it's sleek, it's smooth, and it's just iconic. Even when it runs over a pram in the middle of the road that's actually there as a trap for Batman, it's still cool. Number two. Okay, choosing between my next two films as my favourite and second favourite was actually a very difficult task. Do I go with the film that I grew up watching? It's got my favourite actor of all time in it and I can quote word for word. Or do I go for the film that redefined a certain character and changed how people looked at comic book movies and it took me a while to think of it but I did it so coming in at number two we have 1995's Batman Forever starring Val Kilmer in his one turn run as Batman and starring my favourite actor of all time Jim Carrey as the Riddler I couldn't not put this in my top of Batman films like it's just amazing like Jim Carrey is the Riddler the riddles in it Tommy Lee Jones is a bit debatable as Two-Face but for me it still works like if you listen to my other podcast you'll know why I love this movie so much like I grew up with this film from the ninja laundry scene to the circus scene to even that final battle which wasn't great but still had all the stakes even even the virtual reality I don't know what exactly it was it was like battleships but on the air and the sea but they were playing it live i don't get it but it worked everything about this film i love yes there probably are so many things wrong with it but i'm not going to look into them it's that good like obviously people are going to go oh but the dark knight rises and the batman begins are better than this even people think like batman v superman's better than this film but that's their opinions and this is mine like, I could watch this movie every day and not get bored. I know that sounds a bit excessive, but it's true. Now, even with the number one Batman movie of all time in my head, I couldn't watch it every single day, but I still couldn't put this at number one, and I'll explain why right after this. Honourable Mention Now, there is only one honourable mention for today's podcast, and that is... The Killing Joke, so the animated graphic novel. Yep, they took a graphic novel and animated it. And The Killing Joke is a story of, well, one of the stories of Joker's apparent origins. And it starred Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, the definitive voice actors of Batman and Joker. Now, the reason I haven't put this in the normal list is because, yes, this was released in cinemas... But it was only released in certain cinemas for a certain amount of time. It was only in cinemas for like two days. So I don't see this as a worldwide release. Because obviously if you weren't near one of the cinemas showing it for them two days. You couldn't see it. But very quickly when it comes to The Killing Joke. I loved it. Like 
the part that they did the graphic novel on was amazing. But to get to that, you had to sit through 40 minutes of Batgirl origin story, which was just weird. I know why they did it. They did to up the stakes for the killing joke and to, like, pad out the runtime because even with this Batgirl bit, it's only about an hour and 40 minutes. And if they're taken out, it would have been an hour. But that hour that's based off the graphic novel is perfect. It's just perfect. Like, there's not a single thing wrong with it. But enough of that. It's time to get into it. What I think is the best Batman movie of all time. Number one. Now, if you are a fan of Batman movies, you can already tell what number one is going to be. It is, of course, 2008's Dark Knight, the second installment in the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Now, the one thing that makes this the best Batman movie of all time, easy. Heath Ledger's Joker. Now, before I talk about his Joker, I'm going to backtrack. Batman 1989. When Michael Keaton got cast as Batman, everyone kicked off. And even up to modern days, when Ben Affleck got cast as Batman, everyone kicked off. And it happened again. When Heath Ledger got cast as a Joker, the world went mental. So they'd seen him in rom-coms like A Knight's Tale and 10 Things I Hate About You being the pretty boy who makes everyone fall in love with him. And everyone said, how can this pretty boy play the Joker? And he proved everyone wrong. The Joker in this film is single-handedly the greatest comic book movie villain of all time. He's better than Loki in the MCU. He's better than Thanos in the MCU. And if you think I'm wrong, come fight me about it. I'm Keaton, of course. I can't fight to save my life. But in all seriousness, like, this film is great. Like, the story is great. It's realistic. It's it's extremely violent. Let's just say that. And it even makes another villain while still not drawing away from itself. Like, they somehow get the downfall of Harvey Dent into Two-Face working into this story and it doesn't seem to be overcrowded or anything. I still remember the first time I actually watched this movie. It was Christmas Day 2008, got it on Blu-ray and wow. For a movie that's three hours long, I could have watched it again straight afterwards. It was that good. Like there's so many great scenes in it, like the tumbler chase through the tunnels where he flips over the lorry and Joker's just standing there. From the opening scene with the bank robbery, it's just great. And probably the scene that gets me every single time is where he does like the sonar vision. And it's like, well, if you've played the Arkham games, it's like being in detective mode. It's just amazing. I actually honestly can't think of a single thing that I dislike about The Dark Knight. And that's saying something for someone who likes to pick apart movies and slag them off. And there we have it. While well, this is done. Every single cinematic Batman movie released, ranked from my least favourite to my favourite. Maybe you agree with some of them, maybe you don't. But that's it at the end of the day. That's my opinion. You've got yours. Thanks for listening. I'll speak to you all real, real soon. Remember... Stay safe out there.
Welcome to Tuesday with Time.